This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... Thanks for joining me here on another episode of Crucial Tech. I'm Joe Basquez, and with me is Lou Covey. How are you doing today, Lou? I'm pissed off, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we were talking a little earlier. You sound a little feisty. So uh, we want to jump on here and see what is going on. What's got you so fired up? Well, it, besides everything else that's going on in the world, I had a good night's sleep and I had a, a negative COVID test. So I'm, I'm kind of cocky. But well, I thought that's something to be happy about. Yeah. Uh, but I've been getting a, a string of press releases from startups bragging about being named as a finalist to the Red Herring Top 100. And after the fourth press release this morning, I felt steam coming out of my ears. So I, I just want to set the tone for this entire conversation we're going to have. These awards programs are complete bullshit. All right. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, is that most legit marketers and PR folks already know this, you know, and yet uh, they're entering as many of these programs as they possibly can because the C-level suite of all of their uh, clients are telling them they have to do it and do it with enthusiasm. Uh, and I, we'll get into into why, but it's not just the marketers though. Any good investor knows that that what these things really are and what value they have. And they know that 90% of the companies that win these awards have disappeared from the face of the earth within three years of the announcement. And I know that to be true because I keep a lot of records and I've gone to a couple of these tech crunch events where you know, they're supposed to be pushing out all of these uh, new technologies and giving awards and, and money to companies. And out of a thousand companies that I have seen that have participated in TechCrunch, 99% of them no longer exist. Wow. Yeah. And I think the reason I got cheesed off about this is that a company that I do have a lot of fondness for uh, just put out this announcement, which means they're probably not long for this world. <laughs> You're <laughs> I mean, pretty confident in your statistics, huh? Yeah. You know, and it's not just red herring, uh, but there are a plethora of similar contests, contests. And let's focus on red herring for a bit. For those who've never heard of red herring, it was a magazine that was pretty hot stuff in the dot-com boom era of the 90s and had an absolutely spectacular flame out and the subsequent bust. And, and there were several attempts over the years to resurrect it, but you know, life has just not been good for online publications pr or print publications for several decades. The current manifestation of Red Herring is headquartered in a strip mall in La Jolla, California. It's a nice strip mall, but it's still a strip <laughs> mall, okay? And they run their contest operations, they organize investor conferences and produce a really questionable news operation covering what their contest winner news releases are and regurgitating content from legit news organizations. But back in 2013, TechCrunch, who is also one of the offenders, published their side of a pissing contest between the two organizations where the TechCrunch crew called the Red Herring 100 a scam. They actually used that term to which Red Herring responded, uh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so 
it, that war actually kind of ended because of that response, because TechCrunch recognized, well, yeah, we do the same thing, <laughs> you know, and maybe it would be better not to bring it up. Uh, the thing is that TechCrunch has been has never been actually a publication. They started out as, as a uh, an incubator, and the thing is, is that what the TechCrunch article pointed out is the really is the real bottom line that really pisses me off. This is how it works. You are a marketer or a CEO of a startup, and you get a cold call from somebody who says, "Hey, you just been nominated for our contest." <laughs> And everybody gets excited and says, okay, well, what do we have to do? Well, there's an online form you got to fill out, which gives a lot of data. I mean, it talks about your revenues. It talks about your technology. It talks about who you're in, who the investment level is. And you, you put all this stuff into this database, okay? And then you got to pay a fee. Now, back then it was about 2.5, uh, I mean, uh, $2,500, which, okay, that's not too bad. Right now it's probably up close to around 5,000. So let's say it's 5,000. This scenario played out in North America, Europe, and Asia for 500 companies in each area. You add all that up at a $5,000 entry fee, you come up to a grand total of $2.5 million. And the winners of those sections are then invited to participate in the Global 100 for a similar fee, so you got about another mill coming in because each one of those fees then gets to participate in an investor conference, which will charge you $3,000 per participant. So you add all of that together, you've got a revenue of about $10 million, which ain't too shabby for four or five people sitting in an office in La Jolla. But the simple math can tell you that that doesn't add up to their reported income of $80 million a year. All right. So that leads to the question, where's the rest coming from? Well, you know how we all get pissed off about how Facebook and Amazon and Twitter and all these social media uh, companies are selling our data to advertisers? Sure, sure. Big deal right now. Yeah. Guess where they got the idea from? <laughs> because that's exactly what Red Herring and TechCrunch and all of these other publications are doing. They collect all of this data. And it's not just, it's not a minor amount of data. It's, it, it is truly, um, it, they're, they're really giving the, the, the crown jewels of their, their information to these publications. And they're putting it together and then they sell it to, PR, marketing, law, and accounting firms, other publications, and even some shady investors who will raid the companies of their intellectual property and then sell that property to potential competitors who will bury it forever or incorporate it into their own products. Well, it's actually interesting because as you were describing the kinds of information that go into the application, I thought that could be really valuable to some competitors. Yeah, and it, that's what it is. And like I said, they're not the only ones. Like TechCrunch does it. Also, uh, incubators like Plug and Play. Plug and Play uh, has this thing where where they will they will give out an award to the most promising startups in Europe or in Asia, and they will give them free office space in one of their incubators. But the thing is, when they get there, they have to pay for the telephone, the power, 
the coffee service, the uh, office materials. And everything bunch, else, basically. Yeah, everything else. So plug and play is in these incubators are just sucking money out of these companies like crazy. And then you got publications like Mashable, Wired, EE Times, and a lot of other publishing houses that do it too. Now, the thing is, I'm going to give a pass to those ones that I just mentioned, because the winners are actually determined by the editorial staff of the publications, who actually spend some time covering the industry and know what's really going on. But the incubators, Red Herring, and TechCrunch don't do that. And what's more is that they give the award to companies that haven't or may never deliver a product to market. They just take their money and then sell the information right. to people that want to take their money. So the, <laughs> so the question is, why do these companies participate? Yeah, right? that's, yeah, that was my next question, actually. Okay. Well, they do it in lieu of actual marketing to give them something to say that might differentiate them to potential customers and investors and to solve the bruised egos of CEOs who can't seem to find where the remaining journalists are to interview them about their products. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that I always talk about too. Like we talk about content often. It's an easy thing to do, right? Yeah. Uh, you don't have to pay uh, somebody with a lot of experience, you, you know, you can find somebody right out of school to submit this application and, you know, put in the fee. It's real cheap to do. Um, it, you're right. It doesn't differentiate you, but people who read the list might, right? It's just the list. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very easy to do. And it's not so much that I, th I think it's a bad idea to do it if you really don't have the money to do it. But the problem is, is that most companies never even consider the idea of investing in marketing, um, e either in the process of developing their product or uh, in the, the idea of se selling it. Uh, in general, and we've, we've done studies about this over the past few years, that a typical company, a typical successful company will spend 10% of its revenue on, uh, on marketing. Okay. And in the tech world, they don't really hit that. Most of the tech companies, they hit maybe 5%. And they, they have to hit that level to be successful. In general, when you got the people, the 10% and the 5%, five, if they go below 5% in general, they start failing. Tech companies can go down to 2.5%. But most tech companies don't even hit that 2.5 level. And that's one of the reasons they fail. It's not because their technology wasn't good. It's that they didn't spend any time talking to people about it. They do what I've always called field of dreams marketing. If we build it, people will buy it. And that just isn't the way it works. Well, history is littered with those companies, right? That, I mean, yeah. those, those ones that have better technology, but no marketing. I mean, it, it, there's tons of examples. Yeah, well, I, I always like to, to use the example of um, Microsoft. Okay, now Microsoft is one of those tech companies that actually hits 10%, uh, the 10% 10, 10 mark. Okay, so they do a lot, they do a lot of marketing uh, and they make investment in it and they do a pretty good job of it. They don't necessarily make good products, but they do good marketing. And that, that's why they've always succeeded. 
you know, Apple always produced a better product than, than Microsoft did. Okay. Uh, they produced a better product than IBM did, but Apple has been known for not spending money on marketing. Not really. Uh, very little about that, but they did make a superior product. But at the same time, even when they were making a superior product, Microsoft and IBM and all of the other uh, desktop computers always outperformed them in sales. But Apple won through attrition. So if you're able to establish a, a beachhead, and really Apple was the first company that put out personal computers. So they were the first ones. And what they did is they always waited to see what their competitors did and then did what the competitors did a little bit better. Right. So if you're going to be a technology company, you really got to be the first one in there and you've got to establish your, your beachhead right away. But if you're not one of those, if you're a small company that no one knows why they should buy you in the first place, you need to be investing more in, in your marketing uh, and, and not through these bullshit programs, okay? Because you could go downtown to any coffee shop and say, hey, have you heard about the Red Herring 100? And people will look at you and go, what are you talking about? The only people that know about it are the people that participate in the program, right. not the customers, not the market, not even the investors, because the, you know, the investors will go anywhere to, to talk to uh, some new company. And they like spending money because they have a lot of money. They'll do their own research. Yeah. And, and that's really what, what they'll do. They will, they will you know, grab some business cards. They'll do their due diligence. They may buy uh, the list from Red Herring, but they don't care if they've won an award because they know the award is not worth the paper it's printed on. Mm -hmm. So. Well, do you feel better getting all that out? Yeah, I think I've calmed down a bit. <laughs> so I think we'll let it go with that. But yeah, the reason I'm telling all these people, you people, all this stuff is if you are the common person who is who we're trying to reach with this podcast, you need to understand just how the industry works and why it may not work and why you may not be getting the best technology available. Uh, it's part of the it, marketing and public relations and uh, market research are all part of the process. You just can't make it up and you cannot replace it with anything else. So it's, a, it's about being honest with the world and not just trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. And having said that, if somebody wants to know how to do this right, what should they do? Um, well, <clears throat> number one, put it in the budget. <laughs> well, or are you talking? Or are you talking about the, the people to buy this stuff? Uh, I'm talking about uh, a company that wants to reach the people to buy this stuff, but they okay. want to do it correctly. Yeah, you've you've got to invest in some marketing. And I think one of the things that you've always said over and over again is that this stuff is not easy and it's hard work and it takes time. It's, it's a process, not a product. And unless you're willing to put the time in to actually get your story straight, to get it, it to, to, to be honest about it and to move, move forward with it, you, you're, you're just, flopping about in the breeze. 
your technology is not unique. I'm, I'm sorry. You may think it is. You know, we run, we've run into that a lot of times over the years, Joe, where we, we will ask a potential client, well, who are your competitors? And what do they answer? We don't really have any. Yeah. And here's the thing. I've talked to a lot of investors and, and VCs about this. They absolutely hate that statement because they, they assume there are two things they assume when you say that. Either no one really needs what it is you've got or you haven't done your market research because somewhere someone is doing the exact same thing you are doing. And that's what marketing is really all about. Marketing is not a spewing out information. Marketing is a conversation. And you can participate in the conversation or you can ignore it at your peril. And if you ignore it, you're probably going to fail. I mean, I don't know how to even follow that up. <laughs> well, I think that's it for this week. I'm going to go have a drink because it's five o'clock somewhere. So this has been Lou Covey and Joe Basquez with Crucial Tech. Uh, that's it for this week. In fact, that's it until after Christmas. We're going to take a break now because I'm putting together some conversations with a few people that you may never have heard of, but know a lot about what's going on in this world. And we'll be kicking it off again after the first of the year. In the meantime, I'll be doing some reruns of some of our best programs. So if you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions, you can go to the anchor.fm slash crucialtech page and click on the comment button and we'll be able to record a one minute comment from you. Or you can contact us at footwashermedia.com slash contact and leave us a message there and we'll get back to you on that. We might even make you a star. So this has been Crucial Tech, a Footwasher Media production.